Welcome back to Ethan in Action, I'm your host Ethan Bow, and today we got a special episode A solo episode. Peter's not available this week, but this is a special episode and a special request from one of our biggest fans, Ryan. If you don't know who Ryan is, he is the man in our Tenet-style fight scene. See, I never really planned on covering this movie because it's not really an action film, not an adventure film. It's really more of an art house film. Uh, but once Ryan said that he saw it five times in the theaters, I'm like, all right, a little weird, but gotta cover it now. Hero was directed by Zhang Yimou. Cinematography by Christopher Doyle. Action director is Ching Siu Tang. Now, there are many versions of this movie. There's an uncut Chinese version, theatrical version, Hong Kong version, American version. The one I'm going to cover is the one I have, which is the Blu-ray version uh, for Westerners, where it says Quentin Tarantino presents Hero. This movie was based on actual events. Not true, not all true, but some of it was. King of Quinn, real guy. Total first emperor of China. He's the guy that was buried with the uh, Terracotta Warriors, built the Great Wall of China. This story of his assassination attempt was actually derived from one of my favorite tales, the tale of Jing Ke. Jing Ke was a man hired to assassinate the King of Qin. He approached the palace and had a scroll with him, and he presented the scroll to the king. As he was unrolling the scroll, he had a hidden dagger within. The story goes is that he pulled out the dagger and he went to go grab the king, grabbed him by the sleeve, but everything that could go wrong went wrong. The king's sleeve ripped, King got away, Jing Ke eventually tried to throw the knife at him, missed, and he got killed. So that's that. In this version of the story, we got a guy named Nameless played by Jet Li. He's going around collecting swords of assassins to present to the king. Just letting you know, it wasn't like that back then. You couldn't really present weapons of fallen enemies to, as proof. Back then, to provide proof of people you killed, you would have to present their heads. Apparently this idea was removed by Zhang Yimo himself, he just felt it was a bit too gory, so he tried to go for the art house aesthetic. So I don't really have breakdowns for scenes, given the nature of the story. It's a Rashomon story, like where Jet Li tells a version of the story, then the king tells his version, and we don't know who's telling the truth. But the first thing I'm going to break down is Wu Ming, aka Nameless, versus Guy, Donnie Yen. Now the first part of the fight where Donnie is fighting the guards with the swords, you can totally tell Donnie choreographed this. It had all his signature moves. He'd had the, the split kick, the triple kick, and the jumping spin and side kick. I like to call it the Donnie Yen kick. Then the scene moves over to Donnie Yen versus Jet Li. I don't know how much you guys know how big of a deal this was for martial arts fans. This is like Connor versus Khabib, part two. Because the two originally fought in um, Once Upon a Time in China, part two. Great battle. Donnie Yen was the bad guy in that version. Jet Li was the hero. In that fight, they, they were fighting with um, two uh, bamboo sticks. This time, you got sword against spear. Unfortunately, you never really get to see them fight hand-to-hand. Donnie even said that himself. He regretted not being able to do that. But the scene itself is amazing. You got two Wushu world champions going at it. I'm not going to lie, when I first watched this back in the day, back in 2002, I was a little disappointed that it was a mind fight as opposed to a real fight. Maybe that's just the, you know, teenage boy in me, <laughs> young guy in me that wanted to see these guys go at it. Um, but as I matured and as I grown to respect more art house cinema and the language of um, cinema and dialogue, 
or lack of dialogue, I should say. I really do appreciate the scene. The whole idea of how they're physically not fighting, but mentally they're sizing each other up through the rhythm of the music, which is which coincides with the whole theory of the writing of sword by the end of the movie, how the king realizes, or or how the king tells Nameless that the final level of swordsmanship, you don't need a sword. You fight with your mind and your heart at peace. I feel like the scene was remade in Sherlock Holmes Part 2, starring Robert Downey Jr., where he's fighting Moriarty, uh, where it's not a physical fight, but they're both kind of sizing each other, fighting in each other's minds, playing how to like outwit and outdo each other. Very similar. Another thing I like is that how very much little wire work there is in the scene. Now, I know this is fantasy kung fu wuxia movie, right? If you don't know what wuxia means, it's basically movies based on swordsmen's. It's kind of like the Asian version of swords and sandals pictures. Like Westerners have Gladiator, we got Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, you got 300, we got Hero. Might be a bit of a hot take, but that's just how I see it. Back to the fight. This is very high-level wushu acrobatics here. Even the fall that Donnie does at the end where he finally gets stabbed by Nameless and he falls into break falls, how, his, how he's kind of leaning on his arm and slapping the ground with his right hand. That is a classic wushu move. They, a lot of times they do it when they do like a spinning hook and they land on their side. Very cool stuff. Now to rate the scene, I can't go with anything other than a five. Classic fight, two legends, Clash of the Titans. It's like Connor vs. Khabib number two for, uh, for us martial arts fans back then. Great scene. Next thing I got is Moon vs. Flying Snow. So Moon, played by Zhang Ziyi, is attacking Maggie Chung because um, she's got to avenge her master. Uh, the good old avenge your master thing. Yeah, I didn't really like this scene. Bit too wiry. I don't like it when they're all floating around. There's no weight to the moves. Um, and also, most of the scene is shot in slow motion. As a filmmaker, I personally believe that whenever you see a scene like this where it's all slow motions, usually they're either ran out of ideas or they're hiding something. In this case, they're probably hiding the fact that neither are really that skilled martial artists. They're not classically trained per se. Visually, beautiful. Christopher Doyle, who shot this movie, is one of my favorite, if not favorite, cinematographers of all time. He did all the Wong Kar Wai movies, did a few Hollywood movies. This guy just has a way of making movies look like paintings, and it's absolutely gorgeous. There's a part where they're both just kind of like spinning at each other, and I don't know what the fuck's going on there. Bit weird. That seems pretty cool, how the leaves turn red from yellow to red. Apparently, the director, Zeng Yimo, had a obsession with the leaves where he had to... Uh, where he like hired nomads to gather a bunch of yellow leaves to make the scene just perfect. Um, overall, I give the scene, I'll give it a two. Next scene I got is Nameless versus Flying Snow in the Blue Story. Uh, if I remember correctly, this is the Emperor's retelling of their meeting. Let's start talking about the setting. Cinematic as fuck. It looked like a samurai duel in a Kurosawa movie. You got them fighting in like a circle with guards surrounding them. It was, it was like it was like a level in Mortal Kombat. I didn't really care for the scene because I'm not really a fan of wire work. Um, but here's the thing. I probably should have talked about this on the previous scene. Wire work is very difficult to pull off, especially in China where this was shot. It's not like in America. Uh, nowadays in America or even back then, 
Americans have a special like rig machine where you can calculate how much a person spins, um, how far they fly, how far they go. In China, there's no machine. It's other people pulling them, like a pulley. So for them to pull out these impressive moves, it's pretty spectacular if you really think about it. Like kudos to the crew. Like that slide Jet Li does backwards when the fight starts, or even the. Or even the parts where they're kind of like twirling over each other. Like, wouldn't wires cross on that part? I don't know how it's done. I've never done wire work. Pretty cool stuff. But again, personally, I'm not a fan of wire work. Maybe you guys are. Whoever you are, good on you. Overall, I'll give this scene a 3.5. Cool setting. Good wire work. Didn't really care for it at the end of the day. All right. So next thing we're going to jump into is Nameless versus Broken Sword. The Water Fight. The character of Broken Sword is played by Tony Lung Chi Wai. If you don't know, I'll tell you so now you know. Tony Lung Chi Wai is a legend in Asian cinema, not just Hong Kong cinema, not just Chinese cinema, all of the Asian cinema. He's like the Brad Pitt slash Tom Cruise over there. Phenomenal actor. If you guys listen to our hard boiled episode, I talk about how he's got like the most best acting eyes in the business like he can emote so much just by looking at you a certain way phenomenal actor now this scene we got another mind battle if you will where they're not actually on the lake or are they i don't know but uh <laughs> it's i kind of like that if you think about it if you think about it um to to suspend your disbelief if you will um like you're not going to be like these guys aren't actually like fucking fighting on water they're uh, pretending in their mind um again wire working here is amazing my favorite part is where the the two i doubt it's them it looks like two stunt guys are doing like butterfly kicks off the water if you guys don't know what that is just google what a butterfly kick is but how they they're like bouncing off the water along with the guys pulling them on the wire and i can't even imagine how you pull that off of course, you got that sweet underwater trailer shot of them just gliding over water. Um, really beautiful. This scene took three weeks to film because the director, Zhang Yimo, wanted the water to be still. He wanted it to be as still as possible so they can have those cool shots where they're like dipping their swords in the water and like splashing out. Reportedly, Tony Lung Chi Wai tore a ligament. Uh, I remember watching behind the scenes, it looked like, I don't know, ACL, MCL, I'm not a doctor. Hurt his leg. And um, he was in a wheelchair for most of it. That's why you see there's some tight shots of them, like, waist up. Um, looks like they're suspended in the air slightly. Overall, I'll give this scene a 4. Just for the art aesthetics, I think it's a beautiful scene. Honestly, one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen with these eyes. <laughs> it's quite, quite spectacular. It's, it's hypnotizing. I mean, as I grow older, I, I'm starting to realize that movies are a form of mass hypnosis. Think about it. Think of any of your favorite movies where you watch it and afterwards you're like, wow. When you leave the theater, or, you, or I doubt it happens when you watch Netflix, but when you leave the theater and um, you just think of your experience, you're like, wow, because your mind was just mesmerized by it. Your body was just in a state of, um, a state of flow. Yeah, art. Next thing we got is the attack on the palace. Oh my God, this scene's so cool. This looks like a video game scene to me. 
I mean, totally bockers, totally fantasy-like, not realistic at all, but totally awesome. You got um, Megan Chung and Tony Leung. To reiterate, these two, Megan Chung and Tony Leung Shuai, they're like the Julia Roberts and Brad Pitt equivalent of China. These two starred together in a classic movie by Wong Kar Wai, In the Mood for Love. If you haven't seen that movie, watch it. Trust me, you won't regret it. But to see these two tear apart a, a freaking army is pretty damn cool. Most of the extras are uh, the actual Chinese People's Liberation Army soldiers. Um, not the stunt guys that were like getting hit and killed and shit, but uh, I'm assuming all the guys in the back that are rushing to them, they were all <laughs> actually army soldiers. Pretty cool. Of course, this leads to the big boss fight with the king. Broken Snow versus the king. Mono a mono. One on one. Standard affair. Not gonna lie. Um, I don't really remember many moments from this fight, but it's your standard wushu sword fight where they're jumping, leaping, and slicing at each other. Really, the best parts that I remember are really the end. When you got the king slashing at the curtains. And they all fall, and then Broken Snow bails out last minute and lets go of the sword. One thing I gotta point out is when the Broken Sword's sword <laughs> uh, flies off his hand and um, impales itself into a pillar, that's actually a reference to the true story of Jing Kei. The story was Jing Kei was getting frustrated because the king was basically running away from him. And uh, he eventually just threw the dagger at him and it missed the king by like an inch and impaled itself into a pillar. So I'm like 110% sure this is a reference to that event. Another thing I want to talk about. King cutting all the green curtains and they're falling and they're both at a standstill staring at each other. Now I know the cinematographer Christopher Doyle didn't really want to assign any meanings or emotions to certain colors. Um, but traditionally, green is generally used to represent turmoil. So for me, this scene is symbolic of the king essentially bringing peace to the warring states by getting rid of all the turmoil, by cutting down all the curtains. And that's why you got that nice, sweet, wide shot of broken sword, the king standing, staring at each other, almost understanding each other as all the green curtains fall and the turmoil eases because they both understand. This is the only way to bring peace to the land. That's my take on it. Say what you will, but that's just how I see it. How I'm going to rate the scene is I will give it a whopping five. Because I love video games, so this felt like a video game to me. <laughs> and also a uh, nice little reference to Jing Kei, the true story. And love the symbolic curtains falling. Next up, we got ratings and rankings. Rate our hero. Now, this is very interesting. The way I see it, both Nameless and the King can be the hero or the villain, depending on how you look at it. Nameless being the hero because he's trying to stop this ruthless warlord who's conquering the land. And the King could be the hero because he's trying to bring peace to China. And they can be the villain towards each other as Nameless is trying to stop the peace and the King is bringing war. Pretty interesting stuff. I really like that. I really like that. And another thing I really, really want to talk about, the first king of China. Now, I don't, I'm not Chinese. I'm Vietnamese. I don't know how the Chinese view the first 
King of China, the King of Quinn. I can only speak for what I see in Chinese movies, Hong Kong movies. Traditionally, the king is portrayed as a villain. Like a, a coward, even, a lot of the times. Jet Li even played a version of him in the third Mummy movie, Brendan Fraser. Um, he played, like, the zombie dragon king that was based on this king, oddly enough. This is actually the first time I've ever seen this character portrayed in a good light. In a sympathetic light, which is strange. I don't know, any Chinese fans out there want to slide in my DMs explain this to me? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of like how we look at Genghis Khan, right? This ruthless conqueror, uh, but we still respect what he did, I guess, to an extent. Um, just being able to do that, maybe they that's how they view the king. Not sure. But all I can say is he's 99% of the time he's portrayed as the bad guy. So pretty cool stuff. Rating-wise, I gave Nameless a 2. I mean, he's nameless. He doesn't really have a past. He's almost like, a, almost like a clean slate, if you will. He doesn't really have his own emotions. <laughs> he's just kind of stands still. Um, he's almost like a clean slate for the audience to follow. Um, kind of like those, kind of like Grand Theft Auto 3, where the, the main character didn't have a name or talk. <laughs> he's just supposed to represent you. <laughs> um, I gave him a 2 only because it's Jet Li and... His uh, physical prowess is always impressive. For the king, I actually gave him a five. I really liked how they portrayed him, how, you know, right or wrong, how he sees what he's doing is right. And even for Broken Snow, his mortal enemy, oh, sorry, Broken Sword, his mortal en enemy to understand him, pretty interesting stuff. So for the king, I gave him a five. Next up, we got top three badass moments. Number three, I got Donnie Yen before the Donnie Yen versus Jet Li fight. The triple kick pop, 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 on the guard. I'm assuming it's wire assisted, but I know Donnie can definitely do that kick for real. Either way, still look cool, looks smooth. Scene number two. It's during the red story. I got the calligraphy scene where the... Um, the king's army are firing arrows at these students, but they stood their ground and they just kept writing calligraphy. Such bravery. Amazing scene. Hashtag art. Number one scene for badass moments. I give it to the Ting Sha scene. It's a scene where Nameless is telling the king about what Broken Snow wrote in the ground with his sword. And the king's like, what is it? And uh, Nameless basically explains the whole theme of the movie. Ting Sha. Now the subtitle is it's translated to Our Land, but really, pretty sure it's World, Our World. But maybe they're just saying land to represent the all land of China. Um, really powerful scene. Basically how he explains how the suffering of one is nothing compared to the peace of the land. And the only way to bring peace is to unite us all under one Ting Sha. Then the king cries. A little fucking tear there. Not gonna lie, I got pretty like teary when I saw that. It's pretty interesting that this is the theme of the movie because honestly, it's a theme of like definitely China, but a lot of like Eastern civilization or Asian civilization, I should say. Um, they always talk about how like in the West is more focused on individualism, whereas over the East is focused on one as a collective. Really powerful scene. All right, let's talk about best action scene. 
It's not really fair, though, to be honest, because it's not really an action movie, per se. It's more of a drama art movie. I mean, on paper, you really look at action. You can't really go with anything other than Jet Li versus Donnie because it's a pure action scene, like, realistically. <laughs> um, let's Next category I have is Scene I Revisit. Ooh, this was tough because, you know, naturally I want to gravitate to the Donnie versus Jet scene, but that's not the case. I honestly don't revisit that scene. The scene I revisit isn't even an action scene. The scene I revisit is the Ting Sha scene. <laughs> There's just something about that scene that always gets to me. There's um, a part of my heart kind of feels it, probably being like um, an Asian born in Asia. <laughs> I naturally relate to it. Well, that does for this episode, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. It was a bit weird talking to no one, just to myself uh, at night in my basement. But I hope you had a good time. Um, probably going to have more of these um, only for the weeks of where we drop a reaction video because of time and editing. That takes a lot of time for me that I don't have. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back. <laughs>